What's up, everyone? Hope that you are having a great day wherever you're at. It is me, Dr. Derek Williams, coming at you. I am recording this episode currently in Maine, the great state of Maine. My first time being here, and uh, it's been a treat. We have spent time at Acadia National Park, which was beautiful. It's been a lot of fun to explore. Spent uh, time at some of the beaches here, eating up lobster and scallops and all that good stuff. Lobster rolls. I'd never heard of a a lobster roll until uh, coming here, which for those of you that are not familiar, it's basically like a lobster hot dog, except for it's just a bunch of kind of like cut up lobster meat in kind of a hot dog bun. You can get it hot or cold. And uh, anyway, it's uh, it's just a lot of fun to experience different cultures. It's pretty amazing how many different cultures that we can have all with, within one country in the United States. Even learning about the history and you know, just a lot of stuff is a lot older in, you know, the 13 colonies area. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, needless to say, we're enjoying it, having a good time exploring and kind of seeing a lot of what is going on and what has gone on in the different parts of the country and what's different. So, very enjoyable, really cool experience. Today, what I want to share with you is actually something that I have been thinking about for quite a while. I have had this podcast episode on my mind for probably over a year. And it actually came, the the idea came to me, I I read an article that was, it was a golf article and it was, it was the title of it was basically Phil Mickelson's top three mistakes that most people make with, with chipping. And it kind of made me think, man, if, if I had to answer the question, like, what are the top three mistakes that most owners make? what would those be? And I started thinking about it and I've kind of been writing about it on and off until now, today, I am ready to bring it to you. So listen up and uh, see if any of these ideas resonate with you. So as a little bit of an intro, a big part of this whole conversation of what are the three most common mistakes that practice owners make a big part of what this comes down to is optimization. And this means getting the highest output for the same amount of input. Practice owners so much of the time are scattered and distracted. And reasonably so. There's so much going on. There's so many different hats that we have to wear as owners. And when you're just going through the the day-to-day things, you're going to find things everywhere that can be improved. And you're going to find yourself pulled in a lot of different directions and kind of just focusing on things here and there as you discover them, which is good. I mean, this this is much better than, you know, not addressing anything at all. But the issue with this is that if this is your approach, just approaching things or just solving issues when you see them or, you know, when you see issues, just kind of addressing it or kind of make putting it on your list and kind of getting to it when you have time. It's not strategic. You'll have a high, you'll have a high input trying to fix the things all around you, which is great, but you're probably not going to have the best output. 
So you're not optimizing. And this is key for really getting to where you want to be at an aggressive rate. If you don't care about your timeline, then you don't have to listen to any of this. But then again, if you are listening to this, it's because you do care about your time and energy and you want to get the most out of your time and energy. So that being said, here are the top things that I see practice owners do that are putting time and energy into things with a low yield, uh, which means you're missing other areas that could give you a higher yield. So some of these examples will be things that practice owners are doing that they shouldn't be, and others will be things that they are not doing that they probably should be doing. So number one, item number one is simply not utilizing your practice in its current state, meaning utilizing your current team and your current space. There's a few different ways that I see this, but the big idea is that a lot of times practice owners think, oh, if I only had this, if I had this many more operatories, if I only had this many more staff, if I only had this software, if I only had blah, 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 you can put whatever that in place. The first idea is just optimize whatever is currently there in your practice. There could be things that are holding you back that maybe we do need to make changes quickly. But most of the time, we need to focus on what is currently there and try and get it optimized before making some other big changes. So, Three of the big things that I, that I see. So this is all point number one, not utilizing your practice, the team and space. And this breaks down into kind of a few sub items. And those three things are the schedule, operatories, and staff. So the first one being the schedule. You'd be surprised how many times I have worked with a practice owner and the software doesn't accurately reflect the way that the operatories are being used. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'll see three operatories on the software, but maybe they're actually working out of four or five, or there's different hygienists, or the dentist is actually working out of two operatories, but it only shows one operatory being scheduled. Uh, not a huge deal. Well, you know what? Yes, it definitely can be a huge deal. The issue is that there's no strategy. There's no thought process as far as like, okay, here, here's what, how we're going to do this. Often we talk about scheduling to goal, block scheduling or provider time scheduling. And if we really want to maximize things, we need to have a specific strategy. Think of this as your favorite sports team. Your favorite sports team spends a lot of money on getting the right people in place, getting the facilities and everything and then strategizing, coming up with a plan. And there is a plan for everything, a plan for practice, a plan for rehabbing injuries and getting players back to good health. There is a strategy for specific teams that they're going to be playing against. There's a lot. And we have a lot of those similar things. We have a team. We have a facility. We have supplies. We all have education and uh, degrees or training that have gotten our team members to where we are. We've done all of this work to get set up and then we're just going to go out and play the game and just see what happens. No game plan, no strategy, just go out and play and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, 
it makes no sense, but yet this is by far the norm. This is what happens in most practices. So you've got to be intentional about the schedule. Try and make it reflect in the software what is actually happening in your practice. Look for opportunities to add same-day treatment. Talk about how you're going to, to work through things as a team, if you're going to add in treatment or look at specific patients and make sure that uh, patients are confirming, that they understand what their portion is going to be, have them possibly prepay depending on the circumstances of your practice. There's a lot of work that needs to go into making the schedule profitable and productive each day. So that's the first sub point. The next sub point is, again, surprisingly, just not using all the available ops. There there's so many times that I've started working with a practice owner that, oh yeah, well, we work out of this many operatories, but we actually have this many. Yeah, but the other one's not perfect. You know, we have some supplies. It's kind of used as a storage room or, well, not everything is working perfectly in it. So we just don't really use that room. Man, what a, what a waste. Think of it as, as an engine. In an engine, you've got cylinders and pistons, and each one of those is adding to the efficiency of the engine. If one of those is off, you can tell. You can tell. It, it slows down the rest of the, the engine, and then things just feel off. And in a sense, you know, that, that can be what we're doing, obviously depending on the circumstances of, of the practice. But man, if you got five operatories, let's figure out how to use them. If you got six, you know, whatever, even if it's only once in a while and we're using one as an overflow, but again, figuring out all the options that we have to really maximize the space and having the software and the scheduling to reflect that is, is very important. The last sub point under utilizing your practice, your team and your space is, is your staff. There, uh, almost every person that I have worked with, I have found that there is often a lot of confusion about team members. Who is responsible for doing specifically which duties? And also, coming down to the point of really trying to get each team member performing to the best of their ability. That means us as practice owners need to be providing the support to our team members. We need to be training. We need to be talking with our team members, finding out, you know, what do they need to really help them perform at the, at the best level of their job. It's very common for me to hear a practice owner that is unhappy with their staff and their staff performance, but at the same time is also not providing the resources. They're not training. Their team doesn't really know what they expect. If they, even if they are training, a lot of times they don't follow up on the systems and so the systems fall through the cracks. So again, all of those items, all of those things under first, take the step to utilize your practice in the way that it is exactly. Like I said, you may need to make some changes. You may need some specific software to change. You may need a different staff member. You may need to let somebody go or hire someone new or or both. But very often, we've just got to start with the very basics and make sure that we're doing all of those things first instead of jumping the gun on, on moving to step two, three, four before we've even done step number one. 
So again, the first issue, the first big mistake that I see in practice owners is not utilizing your current space and team. Next on to number two. Number two is what we call shiny object syndrome. And in general, this is the mistake where I see practice owners focusing too much on CE or technology. Obviously, it can be good to get your practice performing better by enhancing things with, uh, you know, digital updates and, and technology, but it is very rarely the best use of your time and money. When I first purchased my practice in 2016, there were paper charts, film x-rays, and only one computer in the entire office at the front desk. And as painful as this was, I adopted them. I used paper charts and film x-rays for the first 10 months in my practice before upgrading and changing this. And I'm not saying that this is the right move in every practice, but I believe that it was the right move for me. We were able to double production before any of those digital improvements by prioritizing growth through my first point, utilizing the practice through what is already there, this space and an existing team. Don't get ahead of yourself. Make small improvements on things that are going to significantly increase production and collections. The other issue of shiny object syndrome is that it is commonly part of a belief that you just need one more thing in place until you can really be who you want to be as a dentist or where you need to be. One more piece of technology, one more CE course continuum, whatever it is. And it's basically never the case. 99% of the time plus what you need to be successful is already right in front of you. It's your team, your own two hands, books, coaches, procedures that you already know how to do figuring out how to communicate better with patients. These things are all the non-sexy answers that are going to really lead to growth. The things that no one really wants to focus on. They'd rather go to a fancy CEO course or, or buy the latest scanner or printer, 3D printer, and, and hope that it provides the growth and development that they are looking for. And again, don't get me wrong. All of this technology, all of this stuff is, is great when it's implemented at the right time. But if you're really looking to optimize things, it is much lower on the list as far as trying to get a high ROI. It is much lower on that list than most practice owners think that it is. And that leads to my last point. And before I get to that last point, let me just recap and share a little bit about what's going on at the lifestyle practice. We have three ways that we traditionally work with practice owners. And the entry level tier is for you to purchase the Lifestyle Practice Academy. It's a great course. We've kind of tried to build out everything to allow someone to go through the course and implement things on their own if that's the type of person that you are. That is the entry level option. The second option is our mastermind group, which has a little bit higher cost to it, but also provides you with group coaching 
accountability. We typically meet twice a month in group calls and share progress and goals and action items together, troubleshoot, and also where we can share some of the things like I'm sharing with you now, the most common mistakes that we see people making and and how to avoid them and to also provide personal attention. And then the highest tier of working together is one-on-one coaching where we really dive in deep to your practice to understand exactly what's going on in its current state. We try and get to know you and your existing situation in life, your financial situation, and where you want to be. And then we work to reverse engineer that process, see where the gaps are and start to fill in those gaps by coming up with steps to take you from A to Z and and, and going step by step along the course so that we have a plan where the next 5, 10, 15 years, we get you to where you want to be so that your practice revolves around the lifestyle that you want to have and not the other way around. So don't hesitate to reach out to any of us if you are interested in learning how to work together. You can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at thelifestylepractice.com if you have any questions. Same for Justin, Matt, or Steve as well. So now that I've got that out of the way, let me go to the, the last point, and that is leadership. And this is probably the number one most common error and mistake that I see practice owners making. And for a very good reason, it is very difficult to focus on our own leadership because it requires us to do some difficult introspection and to really look at ourselves and to, to find out where can we be doing better. And it requires us to ask more of ourselves and to have difficult conversations with our, our teams. But what I find commonly in practice owners is that many owners think that their situation is out of their control. For example, uh, their staff doesn't do what they ask. Patients can't afford the dentistry that they're recommending. The economy is affecting their business. Uh, It's just a slow season. All of these are examples where your thinking is that things are out of your control. This is a mindset issue, and it's also a leadership issue. We need to see where we do have control and focus on those areas with, with our staff. We need to get involved, just like I mentioned at the beginning with with team. We need to be training. We need to be following up. We need to have our team members accountable to us. We need to be looking at the way that we are treatment planning, the options that we're giving to patients, our communication style. We need to be looking at our marketing. We need to consider how we can adapt to slow seasons or any of those external factors. Yes, we can't control the economy, but we can control how we attract patients and how easy we make it for patients to understand what their dental needs are, what their options are, and to help them feel comfortable getting that work done in our practice. Uh, The next issue that I see with, with leadership is letting staff treat you poorly. I've heard many, many times, oh, well, 
yeah, I, I, I want, I try and do same day treatment, but so-and-so, you know, always gets frustrated when I, I try and work somebody in or yeah, I, I've tried training my staff, but you know, they just have a hard time with, with change, you know, you know, yeah, I, I want to be able to do that, but, uh, my team just has a, has a tough time with, with that. You know, even even uh, situations with uh, staff complaining about their pay, their jobs, or complaining about patients, all of those are uh, situations where uh, the staff does not have respect for the owner, and that is generally because of the the leadership and and the tolerance. You've heard me say many times, and others, you get what you tolerate. If, if staff are treating you a certain way and you're allowing it, well, you're allowing it. So we've we've got to we've got to find ways to address those things. You can definitely still be kind. You can be a good leader without, you know, just shutting down your your staff whenever they do some of those things. But that can be tough, for sure. But just looking the other way and hoping that it gets better it is never going to work. A few other things can be be willing to have difficult conversations with with your staff. That can be about any of the things that I just talked about. But that's generally a big cause of what is going on is a fear of of those kinds of conversations, not sure of how things are going to go or how to navigate and and maneuver through those. And then uh, the last point with this is just not providing enough feedback to the staff. And that's positive and critical feedback. You'd be surprised for uh, for a lot of the owners that are afraid of of providing critical feedback to their staff and giving uh, having those difficult conversations. Those owners are also just the same likelihood, which is not likely, to provide positive feedback uh, because if you're not willing to have of difficult conversations about things that need to to be improved, you don't want to mention the positive things as well because a lot of times owners are are fearful that if they give positive feedback, their team will only think that they think good things and they won't have a desire to change and improve. So owners need to do more of of both, and it just comes down to increasing communication. So those are are my three big ones. So again, item number one, not utilizing your practice in the way that it is already existing, your current team and space. Number two is shiny object syndrome, where you just think that it's one more little thing and that that's what's going to bring you the practice that you want. And the last is not focusing on improving your leadership. Let me tell you something great. You could avoid all these things just by hiring the right coach. Someone that can have an outside perspective. It makes sense that you can't see these things on your own. You're in your own practice. You're emotionally attached in so many ways. Bring in an outside perspective to help you see your true opportunities and to realize where you might be putting time and energy that isn't bringing results. If you ever heard the saying, the fish doesn't know it's in water, when you're deeply embedded in your own environment, you probably don't recognize the elements that are all around you. 
And this definitely affects you in ways that you don't even realize. So whatever you need to do, whether that's working with with me or one of us at the Lifestyle Practice or another company, I'm such a big believer in, in coaching in that it just allows us to accelerate our success, bringing in an outside perspective that can really help us to just get fine-tuned and to negotiate and, and, and maneuver to focusing on where we're going to get the most ROI out of our time and energy. If you're already going to be in your practice, you're already going to be pushing and, and doing those things, why not get a little bit more help so that you're doing it the right and best way possible so that you're, you're building all the right systems from the ground up instead of having to go back and fix them later. So thank you for listening. I hope that this episode was, was helpful and provided some thoughts for you to consider about uh, yourself and to, to reflect on your own opportunities in your practice and in your ownership. So as always, keep crushing it. Work towards your goals. Don't let any of your goals go off of the table. Stick to what you believe is possible. And I know that you'll get there. Keep pushing. Take care, everyone. I will talk to you next time.